Chapter Two of the Abbot's Ghost. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. The Abbot's Ghost or Marie Strahan's Temptation by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter Two. By Play. A right splendid old dowager was Lady Treherne, in her black velvet and point lace, as she sat erect and stately on a couch by the drawing-room fire, a couch which no one dare occupy in her absence, or share uninvited. The gentlemen were still over their wine, and the three ladies were alone. My lady never dozed in public. Mrs. Snowdon never gossiped, and Octavia never troubled herself to entertain any guests but those of her own age, so long pauses fell, and the conversation languished till Mrs. Snowdon roamed away into the library. As she disappeared, Lady Treherne beckoned to her daughter, who was idly making chords at the grand piano. Seating herself on the ottoman at her mother's feet, the girl took the still handsome hand in her own, and amused herself with examining the old-fashioned jewels that covered it, a pretext for occupying her tell-tale eyes as she suspected what was coming. "'My dear, I am not pleased with you, and I tell you so at once, that you may amend your fault.' began Madame Mere in a tender tone, for though a haughty, impervious woman, she idolized her children. "'What have I done, Mamma? asked the girl. "'See, rather, what you have left undone. You have been very rude to Mr. Aynon. It must not occur again, not only because he is a guest, but because he is your brother's friend.' The lady hesitated over the word lover, and changed it, for to her Octavia still seemed a child, and though anxious for the alliance, she forbears speak openly lest the girl should turn willful as she inherited her mother's high spirit. "'I am sorry, Mamma, but how can I help it, when he teases me so that I detest him?' said Octavia petulantly. "'How tease, my love? Why, he follows me about like a dog, puts on a sentimental look when I appear, blushes and beams and bows at everything I say, if I am polite, frowns and sighs if I am not, and glowers tragically at every man I speak to.' Even poor Maurice, oh, Mamma, what foolish creatures men are! And the girl laughed blithely, as she looked up for the first time into her mother's face. The lady smiled as she stroked the bright head at her knee, but asked quickly, Why say even poor Maurice, as if it were impossible for anyone to be jealous of him? But isn't it, Mamma? I thought strong, well men regarded him as one set apart and done with, since his sad misfortune. Not entirely. While women pity and pet the poor fellow, his comrades will be jealous, absurd as it is. No one pets him but me, and I have a right to do it, for he is my cousin, said the girl, feeling a touch of jealousy herself. Rose and Blanche shall bow out to you, my dear, and there is no cousinship to excuse them. Then let Frank Aynan be jealous of them and leave me in peace. They promise to come today. I am afraid something has happened to prevent them, and Octavia gladly seized upon the new subject, but the lady was not to be eluded. They said they could not come till after dinner. They will soon arrive. Before they do so, I must say a few words, Tavia, and I beg you to give heed to them. I desire you to be courteous and amiable to Mr. Aynan, and before strangers to be less attentive and affectionate to Maurice. You mean it kindly, but it looks ill and causes disagreeable remarks. Who blames me for being devoted to my cousin? Can I ever do anything to repay him for his devotion? Mamma, you forget he saved your son's life. Indignant tears filled the girl's eyes as she spoke passionately, forgetting that Mrs. Snowdon was within earshot of her raised voice. With a frown, my lady laid her hand on her daughter's lips, saying coldly, I do not forget, and I religiously discharge my every obligation by every care and comfort it is in my power to bestow. 
you are young romantic and tender-hearted you think you must give your time and health must sacrifice your future happiness to this duty you are wrong and unless you learn wisdom in season you will find that you have done harm not good god forbid how can i do that tell me and i will be wise in time turning the earnest face up to her own lady treherne whispered anxiously has maurice ever looked or hinted anything of love during this year he has been with us and you his constant companion never mamma he is too honorable and too unhappy to speak or think of that i am his little nurse sister and friend no more nor ever shall be do not suspect us or put such fears into my mind else all our comfort will be spoiled flushed and eager was the girl but her clear eyes betrayed no tender confusion as she spoke and all her thoughts seemed to be to clear her cousin from the charge of loving her too well lady treherne looked relieved and paused a moment then said seriously but gently this is well but child a child should tell me at once if he ever forgets himself for this thing cannot be once i hoped it might now it is impossible remember that he continue a friend and cousin nothing more i warn you in time but if you neglect the warning maurice must go no more of this recollect my wish regarding mr anon and let your cousin amuse himself without you in public mamma do you wish me to like frank anon the abrupt question rather disturbed my lady but knowing her daughter's frank impetuous nature she felt somewhat relieved by this candor and answered decidedly i do he is your equal in all respects he loves you jasper desires it i approve and you being heart whole can have no just objection to this alliance has he spoken to you no to your brother and you wish this much mamma very much my child i will try to please you then and stifling a sigh the girl kissed her mother with unwanted meekness in tone and manner now i am well pleased be happy my love no one will urge or distress you let matters take their course and if this hope of ours can be fulfilled i shall be relieved of the chief care of my life a sound of girlish voices here broke on their ears and springing up octavia hurried to meet her friends exclaiming joyfully they have come they have come two smiling blooming girls met her at the door and being at an enthusiastic age they gushed in girlish fashion for several minutes making a pretty group as they stood in each other's arms all talking at once with frequent kisses and little bursts of laughter as vents for their emotion madame mere welcomed them and then went to join mrs snowdon leaving the trio to gossip unrestrained my dearest creature i thought we never should get here for papa had a tiresome dinner-party and we were obliged to stay you know cried rose the lively sister shaking out the pretty dress and glancing at herself in the mirror as she fluttered about the room like a butterfly we were dying to come and so charmed when you asked us for we haven't seen you this age darling added blanche the pensive one smoothing her blond curls after the fresh embrace i'm sorry the Alsters couldn't come to keep christmas with us for we have no gentleman but jasper frank anon and the major sad isn't it said octavia with a look of despair which caused a fresh peal of laughter one apiece my dear it might be worse and rose privately decided to appropriate sir jasper where's your cousin asked blanche with a sigh of sentimental interest he is here of course i forget him but he is not on the flirting list you know we must amuse him and not expect him to amuse us though really all the capital suggestions and plans for merry-making always come from him he is better i hope asked both the sisters with real sympathy making their young faces womanly and sweet yes and he has hopes of entire recovery at least they tell him so though dr ashley said there was no chance of it dear dear how sad shall we see him tavia 
Certainly, he is able to be with us now in the evening, and enjoys society as much as ever. But please take no notice of his infirmity, and make no inquiries beyond the usual how do you do. He is sensitive, and hates to be considered an invalid more than ever. How charming it must be to take care of him. He is so accomplished and delightful. I quite envy you, said Blanche pensively. Sir Jasper told us that the General and Mrs. Snowdon were coming. I hope they will, for I have a most intense curiosity to see her, began Rose. Hush, she is in there with Mamma. Why curious? What is the mystery? For you look as if there was one, questioned Octavia under her breath. The three charming heads bent toward one another as Rose replied in a whisper. If I knew, I shouldn't be inquisitive. There was a rumor that she married the old General in a fit of pique, and now repents. I asked Mamma once, but she said such matters were not for young girls to hear, and not a word more would she say. N'importe. I have fits of my own, and I can satisfy myself. The gentlemen are coming. Am I all right, dear? And the three glanced at one another with a swift scrutiny that nothing could escape, then grouped themselves prettily, and waited, with a little flutter of expectation, in each young heart. In came the gentlemen, and instantly a new atmosphere seemed to pervade the drawing-room for with the first words uttered several romances began sir jasper was taken possession of by rose blanche intended to devote herself to maurice treherne but annan intercepted her and octavia was spared any effort at politeness by this unexpected move on the part of her lover he is angry and wishes to pique me by devoting himself to blanche i wish he would with all my heart and leave me in peace poor maurice he expects me and i long to go to him but i must obey mamma and Octavia went to join the group formed by my lady, Mrs. Snowdon, the general, and the major. The two young couples flirted in different parts of the room, and Treherne sat alone, watching them all with eyes that pierced below the surface, reading the hidden wishes, hopes, and fears that ruled them. A singular expression sat on his face as he turned from Octavia's clear countenance to Mrs. Snowdon's gloomy one. He leaned his head upon his hand and fell into deep thought, for he was passing through one of those fateful moments which come to us all and which may make mamma alive such moments come when least looked for an unexpected meeting a peculiar mood some trivial circumstance or careless word produces it and often it is gone before we realize its presence leaving after effects to show us what we have gained or lost treherne was conscious that the present hour and the acts that filled it possessed unusual interest and would exert an unusual influence on his life before him was the good and evil genius of his nature in the guise of these two women edith snowdon had already tried her power and accident had only saved him octavia all unconscious as she was never failed to rouse and stimulate the noblest attributes of mind and heart a year spent in her society had done much for him and he loved her with a strange mingling of passion reverence and gratitude he knew why edith snowdon came he felt that the old fascination had not lost its charm and though fear was unknown to him he was ill-pleased at the sight of the beautiful dangerous woman on the other hand he saw that lady treherne desired her daughter to shun him and smile on annan he acknowledged that he had no right to win the young creature crippled and poor as he was and a pang of jealous pain wrung his heart as he watched her then a sense of power came to him for helpless poor and seemingly an object of pity he yet felt that he held the honour peace and happiness of nearly every person present in his hands it was a strong temptation to this man so full of repressed passion and power so set apart and shut out from the more stirring duties and pleasures of life a few words from his lips 
and the pity all felt for him would be turning to fear, respect, and admiration. Why not utter them and enjoy all that was possible? He owned that returns nothing. Why suffer injustice, dependence, and the compassion that wounds a proud man deepest? Wealth, love, pleasure might be his with a breath. Why not secure them now? His pale face flushed, his eyes kindled, and his thin hand lay clenched, like a vice, as these thoughts passed rapidly through his mind. A look, a word at that moment would sway him, he felt it, and leaned forward, waiting in secret suspense for the glance, the speech which should decide him for good or ill. Who shall say what subtle instinct caused Octavia to turn and smile at him with a wistful, friendly look that warmed his heart? He met it with an answering glance, which thrilled her strangely, for love, gratitude, and some mysterious intelligence met and mingled in the brilliant yet soft expression which swiftly shone and faded in her face. What it was she could not tell, she only felt that it filled her with an indescribable emotion never experienced before. In an instant it all passed. Lady Treherne spoke to her, and Blanche Talbot addressed Maurice, wondering as she did so if the enchanting smile he wore was meant for her. Mr. Annan, having mercifully set me free, I came to try to cheer your solitude. But you look as if solitude made you happier than society does the rest of us, she said without her usual affection, for his manner impressed her. You are very kind and very welcome. I do find pleasure to beguile my loneliness, which gayer people would not enjoy, and it is well that I can, else I should turn morose and tyrannical, and doom some unfortunate to entertain me all day long, he answered with a gentle courtesy, which was his chief attraction to womankind. Pray tell me some of your devices. I am often alone in spirit, if not so in the flesh, for Rose, though a dear girl, is not congenial, and I find no kindred soul. A humorous glimmer came to Treherne's eyes, as the sentimental damsel beamed a soft sigh and drooped her long lashes effectively. Ignoring the topic of kindred souls, he answered coldly, My favorite amusement is studying the people around me. It may be rude, but tied in my corner, I cannot help watching the figures around me, discovering their little plots and plans. I am getting very expert, and really surprise myself sometimes by the depths of my researches. I can believe it. Your eyes look as if they possessed a gift. Pray do not study me, and the girl shrank away with an air of genuine alarm. Treherne smiled involuntarily, for he had read the secret of that shallow heart long ago, and was generous to use the knowledge however flattering it might be to him. In a reassuring tone he said, turning away the keen eyes she feared, I give you my word I never will, charming as it might be to study the white pages of a maidenly heart. I find plenty of others to read. So rest tranquil, Miss Blanche. Who interests you most just now? asked the girl, colouring with pleasure at his words. Mrs. Snowdon looks like one who has a romance to be read, if you have the skill. I have read it. My lady is my study just now. I thought I knew her well, but of late she puzzles me. Human minds are more full of mysteries than any written book, and more changeable than the cloud ships in the air. A fine old lady, but I fear her so intensely I should never dare try to read her as you say. Blanche looked toward the object of their discussion as she spoke and added, Poor Tavia, how forlorn she seems. Let me ask her to join us, may I? With all my heart, was the quick reply. Blanche glided away but did not return, for my lady kept her as well as her daughter. The test satisfies me. Well, I submit for a time, but I think I can conquer my aunt yet, and with a patient sigh, return turned to observe Mrs. Snowdon. She now stood by the fire, talking with Sir Jasper, a handsome, reckless, generous-hearted young gentleman, who very plainly showed his great admiration for the lady. 
when he came she suddenly woke up from her listless mood and became as brilliantly gay as she had been unmistakably melancholy before as she chatted she absent-mindedly pushed to and fro a small antique urn of bronze on the chimney-piece and in doing so she more than once gave treherne a quick significant glance which he answered at last by a somewhat haughty nod then as if satisfied she ceased toying with the ornament and became absorbed in sir jasper's gallant bandinage the instant her son approached mrs snowdon madame mere grew anxious and leaving octavia and her friends and lover she watched jasper but her surveillance availed little for she could neither see nor hear anything amiss yet could not rid herself of the feeling that some mutual understanding existed between them when the party broke for the night she lingered till all were gone but her son and nephew well madame mamere what troubles you asked sir jasper as she looked anxiously into his face before bestowing her good-night kiss i cannot tell yet i feel ill at ease remember my son that you are the pride of my heart and any sin or shame of yours would kill me good-night maurice and with a stately bow she swept away launching both elbows on the low chimney-piece sir jasper smiled at his mother's fears and said to his cousin the instant they were alone she is worried about e s odd isn't it what instinctive antipathies women can take to one another why did you ask e s here demanded treherne my dear fellow how could i help it my mother wanted the general my father's friend and of course his wife must be asked also i couldn't tell my mother that the lady had been a most arrogant coquette to put it mildly and had married the old man in a pet because my cousin and i declined to be ruined by her you could have told her what mischief she makes wherever she goes and for octavia's sake have deferred the general's visit for a time i warn you jasper harm will come of it to whom you or me to both perhaps certainly to you she was disappointed once when she lost us both in wavering between your title my supposed fortune she is miserable with the old man and her only hope is in his death for he is very feeble you are free and doubly attractive now so beware or she will entangle you before you know it thanks mentor i have no fear i shall merely amuse myself for a week they stay no longer and with a careless laugh sir jasper strolled away much mischief may be done in a week and this is the beginning of it muttered treherne as he raised himself to look under the bronze vase for the note it was gone End of chapter two recording by ellie august two thousand and nine